0: Gents, it's fall. And you know what that means? You guessed it. Pumpkin everything. Now, before you go and start calling me basic... Let me tell you about Phoenix Shaving's new fragrance line called Atomic Pumpkin. Now, this isn't your run-of-the-mill seasonal pumpkin pie offering that everybody's doing. This is something a little more sophisticated and alluring. This aftershave and soap line stays within the classic bay rum tradition, but adds a false spin because atomic pumpkin bay rum is steeped in classic pumpkin pie spices for up to six weeks before the batch is complete. It's like some it's like a like almost like a crazy whiskey or cigar or anything that's aged I'm running out of I don't what else is aged uh, Only whiskey and cigars? Wine? I guess? I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. The point is, I mean, look at these ingredients. There's West Indian Bay, Moro Blood Orange, Allspice, Cinnamon, Ginger, Nutmeg, and elemi Resin. I don't know what that is, but it sounds festive. This is some fall masculine magic done right, guys. So if you're wanting to step up your grooming game this fall, maybe impress the lady in your life make a great impression at work or school, then check out this limited edition line by Phoenix Shaving. Just go to GentlemanScofflaw.com slash shave, and a portion of anything you buy with that link goes to help support this podcast. So you get to kill two birds, one stone. You support the show you love, and you get to fight off ladies with a stick because you smell so damn good. good. Is that sexist? I don't know. Maybe. But that's why I'm a Scofflaw and a Gentleman. All right, so that's GentlemanScofflaw.com slash shave and stop being a slave to the drugstore shave.
1: You are listening to the Gentleman's
0: Scofflaw podcast. Listener beware. Rise and
1: shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way. Well, I still got time to save my reputation. Time
0: Good afternoon everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman's Cough Lot Podcast. I'm your host Jordan Crowder and with me in person always is the Don, Donovan Fowler. And joining us also in person is Eric All right. E-Rock Anderson, our resident uh, our resident therapist, right? Is that what we call you? Uh, apparently. It is now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this is fun. I get to hang out with you guys in person. I've always been remote and this is far more fun.
0: Yeah. yeah this is um, awesome. Yeah. What's Start off a little bit of housekeeping before we get going, because we always forget to do that. We start to yes. talk, and people are like, eh, what, what are you guys drinking and smoking? No, I don't think anybody cares, <laughs> but it's, it's part of the routine. So I am smoking some, let me, Donovan, can you read this? I can't remember the sure. name of the, this, this place. I should sure. know it. So
2: this place is called Racine and uh, Laramie of yeah. Old Town. Of Old Town. San Diego. Yeah. Old Town San Diego. I got that yeah. in
0: San Diego. Let me just light yeah, it right that, here. You that's, specify a, that's a great which part of town. town.
2: It's um, and it's called my coffee. My coffee. It's a
0: very aromatic uh, pipe tobacco, mm-hmm. and it reminds me a little bit of uh, McClellan's Christmas spirit. If that makes any sense to you guys, but it kind of.
2: Well, it's, uh,
1: Ooh, that's nice.
2: That's great. Yeah. No, that this, uh, actually, this part of town in San Diego is really neat. Well, and I, uh, I'm looking forward to visiting those guys when I go down it's there. It's
0: actually a super cool shop, and I'll post a video to our Instagram. Um, but you walk in there and it's just like, All it is is pipes all around, and then they've got one little cigar section. It's like the reverse of what most tobacconists is. Right, Right, yeah, yeah. But you go in there, and the guys are like all old timey, and they've got, you know, like the little armbands on their sleeves, and they're making.
2: Tobacco, uh, nice. you know, blending tobacco and by stuff by armbands. Do you mean, uh, <laughs> do you mean of a 1933? No, you like an old, like,
0: somebody, like a, a working these guy the, that wants to get his arms out of the water. Nazi tobacconists,
2: <laughs> some, some <laughs> alt right <laughs> no, pipe enthusiast Wow, we're yeah. there already. That was yeah. five minutes into the podcast. <laughs> no, I, do, you I, do. I, you know, I always actually i think, uh, do you, I think we call those garters, right? Garters, yeah. Garters. I always used to struggle with what those were called, and I also struggled with why anyone would wear them. Because, like, I my uh, I think my mom told me it was to keep the sweat from rolling down your your like into your hands. But that's like that's never been an issue. <laughs> I me. thought it was
0: like but to keep your like your shirt sleeves from getting into yes, equipment. And stuff. yes. Right? I
2: think it was to. I think I think that's the real reason is that it was to hike the the cuffs up a uh. little bit. Yeah, and maybe maybe for men who wouldn't be uh, rolling up their sleeves or That's, would be past that or whatever. Whoo! Oh shit, son of a! <laughs> for those who did not, who I did are, not expect that see, to happen, thank you, Iraq. Uh, uh, Jordan, Jordan uh, has has popped open the get, bottle of beer. You guys which can describe what happened. I'll get paper towels. Okay. Eric and I are going to, Eric's, Eric's being a trooper and he's holding this up. So, uh, I'm going to describe what happened. Uh, Jordan, uh, popped open the bottle of beer, which was, uh, carbonated and had a cork top. And, uh, naturally the computer was sitting right at the base of the beer, it fell
1: right onto the, keyboard. the,
2: <laughs> the, uh, momentum of the cork popping off caused the beer to rock and it has now spilled all over the keypad of the computer.
0: Meanwhile, we are <laughs> drinking some <laughs> audacity, audacity uh, a blonde Belgian blonde yeah. ale here. So, Eric, <laughs> can I have some of that since I this. dumped
2: most of it onto the table here. <laughs> you dumped my share onto the table, so we'll just leave it at that, which is fine because I'm drinking water anyways. I'm going to open up our show notes on Google Docs.
0: There we go. I, can I pull can, it up on my computer. Oh, so yeah. So we so can so. pull it up on yours there. Wow. Um, but yeah. Let's have a little I'll have a little sip of this. I've never had it. Now, this is made by uh, Unibrew for Trader Joe's. Which, uh, this is, this is another plea for me to get Trader Joe's to sponsor.
2: Yeah. Trader, Trader Joe's, please. We've been, we've been trying this for the last year and a half. It's
0: pretty good. It's pretty light for the summer. for Belgian. nice well, and crisp. Nice. I like a nice, Yum.
1: nice blonde ale in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I don't know why that sounds <laughs> sounded weird coming I, from you, Eric. I, I realized it sounded weird when I said it. <laughs>
2: so, um, so. It's fine. Guys, grow up. Come on. Hey, I didn't. You can't drink a beer without it out. making you, some you weird can, pun. You get that
0: a little bit closer to your mouth, Eric, when you are talking. we'll hear you better. Oh, the, there you go. The, okay,
2: I just did a Joe Rogan thing where we, we yeah. <laughs> are telling someone yeah. how to use the mic and on to, air, and be sure to tell them not <laughs> to chew on the microphone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and later on on the show, we've got Mike Herrera of MXPX, which right. will be a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, um, awesome. I mean, you're you're a big fan too, Eric, right? Oh
1: yeah, punk rock show. Punk rock show. That was um, that was middle school and high school.
0: I know. I um. I think my first punk album I ever bought was MXPX Live at the Show. That wasn't like, that wasn't like some sort of like Christian band that my, that like I had heard through a Youth Group, like mm. Jars of Clay or like Michael W. Smith. Those I was them. hardly qualifies punk. <laughs> <laughs> no, not punk, but I think it was like my first kind of like. I guess they weren't f- secular per se, but like first kind of it's kind of a yeah. gateway. Uh, yeah. Rock album, I guess. I,
1: I I backed into the the punk scene through the ska scene. I was a ska kid and then punk was the obvious predecessor to that and so yeah. then I discovered all those bands and yeah, MXPX was they were they were like the band of that at the time.
0: Yeah. And that was awesome. Did you, uh, did you wear the checkers like checker? Did you have checker no, shoes and no, suspenders I was a, and stuff?
1: No? no, but I was really into like, well, I guess I was, I remember I had a bright blue super shirt with a bunch of checkers and the oh, guitar I played in my high school band was a checkered, uh, or it had a checker guitar strap. What was the name of your ska band? Oh, was, it wasn't a ska band. It nope. was we just a crappy punk band. Okay. Yeah. What was the name of it Yeah. Uh we had two names cuz we only played like two shows and <laughs> <laughs> you, you were you're trying out the market. No, what, no no. People, we we only played shows. To? We only like put together shows and got together any sort of name or anything when we had something. So the only two shows we played were one was opening for this band called Roper, which the guy from the, from five iron frenzy Reese Roper started his own band. Oh, okay. And when they came touring through, I just contacted the guy and told him that my, my youth pastor would bring the whole youth group to the show. And I thought it was cause maybe he liked our music, but I basically just told him, yeah, we'll." Sell forty tickets, and we'll so he's like, "Heck yeah, yeah! We'll
0: get you a packed house of of uh, non discerning <laughs> totally. audience,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> a bunch of high school kids who don't know any of this, and you know they'll probably buy T shirts." And so he's like, "Heck yeah, <laughs> that's awesome!" And yeah. then uh, we opened for the Supertones on their farewell show, and those were our two shows. That's pretty awesome. And We were though. terrible. It was awesome. It was an amazing experience, but we were awful. We were Yum. not good at no business playing those shows. <laughs>
0: Did you just kinda look like just avert your eyes from any of the supertones afterwards or did?
1: You- <laughs> I mean we thought we were cool at the time, but they didn't really want to look at us. <laughs> like, I can't believe this kid's- I don't think we interacted with any of them at all. I think we were just like whatever, the local high school punk band yeah. that we gave a show to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I listened to the
2: Backstreet Boys when I was a kid. You know hey, what? I, I hate to say this
0: cuz you know Mike. I don't know my has listened to this, but that was I had that tape too. I had really? I had uh um the the red album cover. That was yeah. like their first one. Yeah. <laughs> and not a lot of people know that um, Backstreet Boys were actually, in Quebec, was a test market for the Backstreet Boys. Wow. So we had the Backstreet Boys before wow. the rest of the world did. Wow. Did you ever go to a show? I didn't. Uh-huh. My dad tried to get tickets, and this guy was stringing along the whole time and never mm. gave him the tickets. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. We, we
2: told us we can get backstage passes. Wow! <laughs> <So> <laughs> you he, does, does he still have that guy's name? I don't know. Don't <laughs> find my him Go find him and make him pay. But he <laughs>
1: almost backstage with the Backstreet Boys—that <laughs> would be yeah. something special.
0: <laughs> but that I um that that was when the ice storm hit in the Northeast. So um, anyone who grew up in you know upstate new york or vermont or even Ke- quebec anywhere um we were out of power for a month so we just like we weren't even thinking about going to a concert when we couldn't even have power <laughs> you, on. Just, you just <laughs> sat uh with like uh, trash can fires roasted hot dogs exactly. singing
2: singing the backstreet boys yeah. songs to yourself we had a generator just, playing backstreet back on a yeah. loop <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> oh man oh man that's
0: crazy but yeah i i played in punk band too uh played in two punk bands uh one was called five cent refund that was before nickelback oh, came nice. out and-, <laughs> um, and then um that sort of morphed into a band called Wumpus, which i'm just going to put out there um if you guys can find it on the internet good for you i'm not going to link it or <laughs> I can't- can't tell anyone where it could be
1: found <laughs> I'm gonna dig it out. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's, find it somewhere.
0: Uh, there's, and I think probably on if there's an old website, there's probably a picture of us as uh, teenagers Catty with Wampus. MXPX and like Good Charlotte oh, and all of them backstage at some shows. So, <sighs> have you guys heard about this? Have you heard about uh, Netflix uh, uh, sexual harassment training?
2: I did hear about this. Did you hear about this? I've broken this rule uh, many times. Oh, you've
0: broken this rule uh, probably several times at this table with me already. Harassing Uh, you? Apparently, um, they had a harassment training session with all their employees where they said that um, you can't have five... They have a five-second rule. You can't stare at someone for longer than five seconds in their eyes. So... I guess that's considered yeah. a sexual harassment. See, to
2: me, like, that might make, like, it, it, in any world where that rule makes sense, it would, to me, be like, you can't sit like a creep and just stare at somebody for, like, you know, like stare at somebody who it isn't in on the joke for, like, more than five right. seconds. But even then, putting a limit on that is so stupid. But to say that you can't maintain eye contact during, it's something my parents expressly taught me to do yeah. as a child, uh, is is just insane?
1: It's insane. There is some, a lot. Li- five seconds is a long time. If I'm gonna make you uncomfortable right now, Jordan, uh, count to five. One, two,
0: three.
2: That is really. <laughs> long. But still, if Four. I'm talking like five, but, 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 but that's but, different than like just eye contact, you, right? Yeah, yeah, if I'm talking to you and like yeah. Yeah, I continue to maintain but eye there's contact, there's kind of a back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I, but to me, like this is like indicative of like sort of the totalitarian yeah. nature of things, where like people they want it like they they put a like there are certain things that are just considered rude or creepy or Mm -hmm. like you know whatever but to try to put a chokehold on it and like make a rule about it is uh is is overstepping i think you know it's just it's just not i feel like like
0: if you can get dinged like you can get a what do you call it a demerit or whatever because Mm -hmm. you're staring at someone for too long but like, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, there's, I feel like there needs to be some discretion, right? Because there's obviously, but you don't need a to, creepy
2: stare. I don't think you need to. But setting a rule around it to me yeah. uh, immediately opens up the floodgates for people to just start disrespecting the rules. Well, that's because what this it's a ridiculous. Saying. Well, it's to the extent rule. that like it could
1: be abused. Because if the point of it is like, okay, if you're the creepy guy staring at someone right, from right. across the room all day, and so and they're if, saying, please stop. Okay, then we can yeah. do something about that. But there's also room for that to get abused if people well, overreach
2: if, it. Where, if you're having a disagreement with somebody right. and they're, and like, whoever you're having a disagreement with is a passive aggressive nut job, and They're like, go. they're going to be like, oh, you're staring at me for more than five seconds. That's where so you, put like, you,
0: you, you put like a fake zit, like, right on your, <laughs> on your like, right between your <laughs> yeah. eyes
2: so yeah. that they have to just kind of look or at it. Or better yet, what? Charles Manson's, uh, <laughs> swastika. <laughs> Does anybody get that? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's a small history lesson. Charles Manson put an X uh, in between his eyes during his trial because he said he'd X'd himself from the world. And uh, anyways, it turned into a swastika during his prison time. So, so he just, was it a tattoo? or was No, it a, was like he like took a knife and like um, you know, made incisions. I, uh, I not, heard that Charles Manson, I guess, choice. had an album that he recorded. Probably, like a he, I think album. he was a musician back was in the he? day.
0: Yeah, I guess I've heard that. Like you could re- you could hear like the raw recordings. Hitler I think on YouTube. Also
2: painted. So, yeah, don't I know always if, hear that. Yeah, don't know if you want to. Artist, man, yeah, watch, watch out for. It. Yeah, <laughs> watch out for. Him. One day they're just oh, trying to express themselves. The next day they're killing a bunch of people. It's like, what do we got? That
0: Phil Spector. We got. Uh, oh yeah. Who's the other? Who's the other mar- artist murderer? Martists. Martis. 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 I feel like that should be a comic book. The Mardis.
2: But anyways, yeah, that, that, uh, the Netflix is like a, uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, starring, uh, starring Laura Dern. Um, the, uh, the, the, the Netflix world, the the whole culture over at Netflix is, is bizarre. Um, and is somewhat like, uh, I feel like it's it's indicative of a lot of the problems that you've run into with the tech world, where like they're they're making these really weird rules. And well, I feel
0: like Hollywood is like the industry of (laughs) overcorrection. Like every single time there's something, they just totally overcorrect. I mean, is it it all just like cover your ass rules? Is that? I'm sure it probably is, but it's just. I
1: mean, is that that the spirit of it? Or it's or it's like probably.
2: I I don't even know if it's I. it could either be that, or it could be that, like somebody actually believes that this is the right thing mm. to do. Like, like if you have yeah, somebody, at, I don't know, if you have somebody who graduated college within the last five years and believes heavily in microaggressions, they may. Build an mm. HR uh, program based around this sure, kind of sure. stuff.
0: Is that a real thing, a therapist microaggressions? That's, that's
1: not. <laughs> uh, I'm not qualified to make that call, and I'm not. I'm not dumb enough to get baited into that <laughs> yeah, whole debate, sure. too. So,
0: oh man, <laughs> just ruin, ruin.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> I was going to uh, give him a call, and then I heard him on there talking about microaggressions. <laughs> and... Oh man, um. This
0: other thing that I came across, a man found a black widow spider in his mm. head of broccoli. That's what? seeing it off inside um, the broccoli, but uh, didn't want to kill it. Apparently, some uh, rescue group got together Wait. and rescued this uh, this black widow spider, and Hold it's on. got a nice little home now. Read, in an read that
1: headline. <laughs>
0: Man finds spider living on broccoli and does the sweetest thing
2: for her. Isn't
1: that nice? This nice. Is,
2: mind you, this is a spider that's called the black widow because it kills its mate after it, uh, uh, uh completes the, the act. Of
0: yeah, it's not, this is not a good um, member of the community, I guess. Right.
2: <laughs> this is not somebody that you want to no, know. This will not be reciprocated. Um, that's, just you mean bizarre, the spider won't man. do the
1: sweetest thing for you back? <laughs> no. no. Okay. No. Um, Real scorpion and
2: frog kind of situation <laughs> right there.
0: And I guess they made, they named it broccoli. Isn't that, isn't that cute? <laughs> it's
1: broccoli not very creative, though. <laughs> it isn't.
2: Uh, that just disgusts me. I mean, honestly, like black widows, I, I had such a fear of spiders as a kid. Um. And black widows were, like, at the top of the list because, like, even, uh, I mean, above tarantulas, even though tarantulas look, like, scarier in some respects, yeah. like, black widows, it just seemed like, I guess it was a more realistic thing because, mm. like... Well, they're more dangerous much, than a tarantula. Yeah, they are more dangerous. And, tarantulas
0: and, are just big, but they don't really hurt yeah, you. Yeah, they're pretty yeah, blind.
2: Yeah, but, like, I, I feel like, oh, geez, this guy needs to... uh well, anyways, if, if something happens to him, we know, we, we know he had it coming.
1: <laughs> you mean that Black Widow comes back for him? You mean yeah, him? like I and mean, like, Tigers? To me, to me doing, like, doing
2: that kind of a thing, it's like you're you're just inviting, you're just inviting trouble. But whatever, I guess he can do what he wants, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a free country. Free country, whatever. You don't have to kill the black widow. I'll do widow, it with my black widow what I, I I've, want. It was all I've my I've racked up a bunch of black widow kills in my day. And, really? And, uh, I don't oh, think yeah. I've
0: ever seen one in person.
2: Oh, I've gone like, or maybe toe, I have. I just got, didn't know. I've gone toe to toe with them. Like, if I see one, I just i i consider it my obligation to humanity to kill it. Like, because it's just a it's. It's just a
1: deadly spider. I won in my garage dead. one time. Oh, yeah. I killed it with a two <laughs> by four. Brown, it was overkill, but <laughs> or feel like brown we're widows people that that took care recluse? broccoli are well, going to be are be
0: protesting
2: outside our door yeah. the next day. <laughs> yeah, that that one that one uh, special interest group of broccoli and black widows. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there are brown widows now, which is a hybrid of brown recluse and black. What? Widows. And that's like specific to I think. Like they're, apparently, like they're not as window. venomous, though. Right. Well, it's I don't know. Hurt. I mean, the the brown recluse—it's like it just like it eats away. Like it's not gonna kill you. It'll your... make you very sick. Yeah, it'll make you like it'll like eat away your skin tissue. Have you
0: guys ever heard that um,
2: Alice Cooper song on Black Widow"? Vince's Vince's Vincent Price's um, opening to it. No, <laughs> no. What did Vincent Price specifically record an opening or did he uh, like did they take it from something?
0: He did. It's like a sketch. it's almost like a like a sketch where he's showing around yeah. the kids in like this kind of insectarium or whatever. That's cool. And he's like, Please don't
1: touch the displays, little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent it, Price. Sounds is great. like the type of guy who would show off at spider exhibit. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, you should probably we could probably link that in the show notes. There's a there's a live show where Vincent Price Is
2: part of it and they go into the Black Widow. Alice Cooper is is awesome. He is. Especially with his live stuff. He's very, very uh, Very very good entertainer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's. his, his audio book, by the way, if you're interested in, uh, y- you know, trying audible.com, audibletrial.com slash scofflaw. Check that uh, out. You could Whoa. download his audio book. that was and, <laughs> and he reads it, and it's really, really funny. Yeah. Like, hmm. he does the voices oh, of all the people. It's so much and, better
2: when the, when the actual guys read mm, their stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, all right. Uh, let's go into a little segment we like to call... Sir Crowder's Restroom Review of the Week. Oh, dear. All right, here we go. I'll read my review, and uh, we'll take it from there. I'm going to review the bourgeois pig in Franklin Village in uh, Hollywood. The term bourgeois makes one think of uptight French aristocracy, but this restroom is anything but stuffy. Its dark ambience and use of black lights give, gives one a sense of cool freshness, much like the lower level of the Boston Aquarium. But make sure to lock the door well, though, or you might be surprised uh, while you're in your restful state. I give this calm and cool restroom four out of five stars with one star deduction for the infestation of improv comedians.
2: I like how you started out very sophisticated. <laughs> when you lost your way, you almost turned into uh, a guy from the Twilight Zone. And he's like, come to this restroom, and you'll be in a restful <laughs> state. wait, <Submitted laughs> for your <laughs> approval. Oh, what, what's his name? Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That, uh, uh, I can't. My uh, mind's a blank guy. right Anyways, now. This, uh, this place, I will say, um, I've known about for a long time. Never been. Uh, I, had a, I had a film school. I had a teacher at film school he used to always talk about, he'd be like, yeah, we can watch a movie and then we can discuss it, the bourgeois pig. And I was like, "You guys a real pretentious." Yeah, ass. he was pretty pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yeah, that's, yeah, pretty pretentious. Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: I've had, I've had a couple meetings there before, and I'm always like,
2: "Why are we meeting here?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you no, know, but it's really, really dark. So if you want to go to a place that's dark in the middle of the day, it's like you can't tell. You're like it might as well be nighttime in huh, that yeah. whole building. Interesting. Um, but yeah there's um,
1: black lights in the restroom that yeah, seems risky like that is a little, that is it a little, is why scary, would you yeah. <laughs> want black lights in the bathroom That's I don't like, know anything where,
0: where multiple DNAs can are, you are let, well, here's, shared well here's a
1: question Could you I guess it will let like, you know if like you yeah. shouldn't use this restroom or
0: maybe there's liquor, so right? much of it you can't just decipher yeah. it it just creates <laughs> like a galaxy it's of DNA within, <laughs> what is it what is it where like in the office
2: In the office, like, Michael, uh, they're on a business trip, and he's, like, obsessed with, like, uh, you know, having a party in his room. So I think the end credits, it's, like, a deleted scene where, like, he and Dwight, like, turn off the lights and turn on the black lights for the party. And uh, they turn on the black lights, and there's just these (laughs) splatters all over the walls, just, like, huge splatters (laughs) of just fluids. And then, like, I think uh, Dwight says, oh, I wonder if it's blood or semen. (laughs) And then, and then Michael goes, Oh, I hope it's blood. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I did not. I had just like one of a few episodes I haven't seen. And that's your Donovan Fowler recreates (laughs) a scene from
1: a show that you could easily watch on Netflix. That was a deep dive though. That was good.
0: Oh man. I, uh, that is one pet peeve of mine, though. Like when somebody goes, have you seen this movie? And then they go ahead and describe the entire yeah. sequence of everything that happens in the yeah. movie. And you're like, great. I don't ever need to see that.
2: Yeah, seriously. No, yeah, definitely. I uh, I try to keep it to little bits and the best, only the best
0: bits. Only the best only bits. The best. You give us the, the annot- well, not the annotated, what do they call it? The
2: abridged version. <laughs> the abridged version, yes. <laughs> the annotated Indeed. is the longer version because there's more stuff with I it. Try right? not to, I try not to spoil
0: all right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with MXPX, front man of MXPX. <laughs> MXPX frontman. Front of oh, MXPX. Let me, let, me, let me do that again. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll be back with Mike Herrera of MXPX. Scofflaws. This month, we're announcing our new Gentleman Scofflaw Book Club. But before then, I want to take a minute to tell you about Audible's audiobook service. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Another Audible podcast ad? Why does everyone who podcasts promote Audible? The truth is, I felt the same way. And uh, before I started using Audible myself, I thought, audiobooks? Isn't that cheating? I mean, that's not real reading, right? So I smugly stuck to my convictions, and I just didn't read anything. Ouch. Then about a year and a half ago, I started a free trial. Now, this is real. I'm not making this up. And I have listened to 16 books this past year. Basically, a book every month, sometimes a little more. Yeah, I loved it that much. And I keep this habit going now and listen to books about self-improvement that have helped me grow and learn tremendously. And, you know, audio books and Audible, through Audible, make it convenient. I listen to them when rucking or, you know, washing the car or, you know, running errands around town driving and i've never read so many books in such a short period and uh, that's why we are launching the gentleman's golf book club for you other gents out there that care about making changes in your own life and in the lives of others we're going to listen to a book to month together and discuss them on our facebook group so this month we're reading john acuff's finish which is an amazing read it just shatters all the ideas you have about accomplishing life goals. And John Acuff is a best selling author. And he is absolutely hilarious, like funny in a real like stand up comic sort of way not in an academic author trying to be funny sort of way. So if you want to improve your own goals, and want to join in on the conversation, go to audibletrial.com slash and download your free copy of Finish by John Acuff using that link, of course, you know, helps save you money, but it also helps support our podcast that's audibletrial.com slash and join the ranks of elite readers that sounded pretentious uh just join because it's fun and it's good for you audibletrial.com slash have this guest um i've been a, a follower of his band for many many years i guess a decade and a half now um front of mxpx and uh, i guess host of the mike herrera our podcast mike herrera thanks for coming on man
3: Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. How you
0: doing, Jordan?
1: I'm pretty good. Hey, hey what's
0: going on? <laughs> um, and Eric is is was is actually great to be guest hosting on the show too because he's um, shares an affinity for punk rock and MXPX and uh, a big part of our of our uh, our lives growing up, which is which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> First, for our listeners that don't know your story, how did MXPX get started? And uh, I know you guys got started uh, back in the 90s, but let's just set the stage a little bit for people that don't know the story.
3: Sure, sure. Let's go way back. 1992, we got together the summer before our first year of high school. Hmm. So we were going into 10th grade. And uh, we started playing these songs. I started writing songs and just getting into music. And do, I, I was seeing local bands and realizing you didn't have to be um, in a stadium to do music. You could mm-hmm. you could literally just do it in your basement. So I was watching these bands play in practice. I uh, was going to shows, backyard, garage shows, like little punk rock shows. And that really just sparked my my love for music and love for, for playing music and traveling around. So we started, started and, and just go, went crazy. You know, MXPX became, you know, the kids, the kids that were always younger than everybody else. My whole career, to be honest, I've been younger than everybody else around me until recently, very recently now <laughs> I look around and wow, everybody's a younger than me. A little scary, but uh, <laughs> it's like, Such paradigm shift. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so picture just young kids, just really back in the day, we were in the dark about a lot of things and yeah. not only, not only just learning our instruments and learning the music business, but, uh, yeah, I say business very loosely because we didn't learn the, the music business. We were told what to do by a lot of, um, older, somewhat air quote, wiser people. <laughs> and along the way, I think we, we made a lot of bad business decisions <laughs> and, um, it's really, you know, we're still paying for some of that now. Right. And, and it's funny because I listen back to some of our old songs and it's so dramatic because we were very young. Yeah. So in high school, everything seems like it's the world. Yeah. And it is. It's your world. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that's part of what MXPX really meant to people is we made other people's feelings seem like they mattered, and yeah. in, in a world where everybody's just like get over it, oh, nobody cares. And and yeah, that may be true. Nobody cares, but <laughs> somebody cares. Somebody yeah. cares. You know, like, and I think MXPX had a, a great way of um, communicating that to to, I guess, our peers because we were just singing to other kids. We were kids playing songs for other kids at the time and now we're adults playing songs for other adults but it's uh and kids yeah. but it, it's just funny how that just all comes comes kind of around again but um back to the business thing we we made a lot of bad mistakes signing bad contracts um giving up giving up publishing and songwriting and yeah. crazy stuff you know that that you wouldn't do but we didn't have lawyers we didn't know you should get a lawyer like were these small town kids in high Mm -hmm. school that had an album come out before we graduated high school. I think our first album came out 1994 poking at you. And that was the fall. That was fall of our high school year, not our, our, you know, spring going into summer. So we had that full year of playing in a band in high school where we had a national record out international in some respects, um, and it kind of changed everything. We, we we finished out our year of high school. We started touring the world, touring all over the place, flying to California, going to Canada, going. We went to Japan, um, went to Europe. So all these things just coming at us at such a young age, really, I don't really feel like we got a lot of time to process or yeah. I even knew I should process it. So I feel like this this newest album is finally like giving myself time to process everything that's happened, not just the band stuff, but everything in my life. And um and I feel like our single Let's Ride has really done a pretty good representation of a journey through yes. not only MXPX's career, but a fan's life. Um, MXPX has been an underdog for a long time. Yeah. We we didn't really fit into the traditional music business, um, ways of doing things. Um, we always felt like it was really hard to tread water in that, in that environment. Um, and a lot of the reason is probably because I am not a nine to five office business guy. Like I'm a band guy that plays music that also wants to do well in the business. So, um, over the years, you know, we haven't been able to forget a lot of the bad decisions we've made (laughs) and it's helped us learn to pay attention to the business just enough. You know, it's not like we're, we're nailing it down. You know, everything's six months in advance. Like we did, we made this record and we were doing way too much. We had too much work. This is uh, last year, 2017, we were doing all these shows. I was doing a bunch of solo shows. Um, my manager was just working himself to death, uh, on all this stuff. And we put out a beer last year, secret weapon for the 25 years of MXPX anniversary. Um, it was a big year for us last year. So it nearly killed us. And along the way, because, you know, we had been doing all these shows and the shows got bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. This is 2000, uh, 2013. We sort of like, there was, there was a time from 2007 to 2013 where, uh, Tom and Yuri weren't around as much uh, MXPX wasn't playing as much. Um, I was still doing, I was still doing it. Um, I was doing a lot of solo tours, but times were tough in the music industry and, you know, you kind of just had to grind through some of those, those dark times. And then once I realized, you know what, if I just put a little bit of effort into it, I'm, you know, I, I started working with a new team of people, um, started working with Tom Chachilla and we were, having these conversations where we came up with ideas like, wow, why don't we just, instead of giving all our money to all these middlemen, why don't we do the work that we're already doing and just Mm -hmm. not getting paid for? Why don't we do that work and get paid for it? so we started putting on our own events, putting on our own shows. So not only being the band, but we're also managing, producing, and, um, and booking the shows. So it's like all of our team, Team MXPX, um, started taking on a lot more work, yeah. but it, a lot more independent work, but it's been working. People have been coming to the shows, buying tickets. Um, the reaction to the new song, let's ride has been insane. It's been um, a really cool time to be one part of MXPX, but also I think a fan yeah. of MXPX.
0: Yeah. And I, I could see some, how that, like my background is in acting and stuff. And I feel like if you're in an indie band, it does like, or any band or any creative arts, nobody's going to care about like your art as much as you do. No one's going to promote it as much as you do or like be able to tell that story as well. And I feel like. A lot of the times you're, you know, you're paying some middleman to kind of do the work that they're not doing super well. <laughs> it's like, why, why can't I just do this? Why am I paying you? <laughs>
3: yeah. Um, and a lot of bands don't realize, and we didn't realize <laughs> until we just started trying things. Some mm-hmm. things fail. Yeah. Um, sometimes we don't make money, but most of the time when we gamble on ourselves, when we bet on ourselves and then reinvest this cash back into the band and what we're doing, it really does come back. And um, it's been amazing. I gotta say, like, we, you know, we did have to take about five months off to make this record. And because we were fried, everybody was just exhausted um, on the team. And I was trying to write songs and I was trying to focus on that. And so what happened was our manager, Tom, didn't tell me that as we're making this album, spending money on the record, spending money not making money, right? Yeah. We're going broke, you know, oh, little wow. by little. But he didn't tell me this because he knew if I knew, I'd be like, "Okay, we have to stop. We have to do some shows." Yeah. Put some money in the bank because <laughs> you know, I have a family. Yeah. Be, you know, we all have families. So it's like it's important to to be responsible in a lot of ways. Responsibility, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but he calculated it just enough to where we had our backs against the wall. We finished the album. He calls me up. He says, Mike, we're almost broke, but don't worry. We can we can crowdfund this thing and we can make money on this album, make money on music in 2018, which is almost unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> money on an album. But we can do this, but we just gotta do this like in a week. So yeah. we started our crowdfunding campaign within a week. Wow. And another example of us having an idea going for it, you know, we, we, you know, we, we do pros and cons and we do conversations about, you know, we can do this, we can do this. And ultimately it's just, it's about, okay, what makes the most sense for us in our lives and our personal lives, and also for the fans, like what do fans want? And if you can answer those questions, um, you're on a good track. And the, the problem is, is the traditional music business has been pushing back ever since, ever since we started doing things on our own. Yeah. Um, but the more we do things on our own and the more successful we are at it, the more they push back, which tells us, Hey, we're doing something right. A and two, man, it is not a nice world out there in the business <laughs> world. Like people are not playing nice. Um, there's a lot of backstabbing. There's a lot of, of ripping people off. There's a lot of bad deals, but you know, you just, we just do what we can to, to do the best deals we can get. and and the funny thing is, is like you get a good deal from somebody, something that's fair for both of you, and they don't like that because you're making too much money. <laughs> it's like, what? Right. Dude, we're both, we're both yeah. making the amount of money that I think is fair for the amount of work that's being done. Yeah. So it's it's a constant battle in, in that respect. Um, but that's the business that we're in. This, this is the music business. So, it, the fact that we've been able to, even with the pushback, um, do things our own way. I really feel like it serves our fans, um, better. And and another interesting thing is not every just casual music fan cares. Not everybody wants to save, you know, a couple bucks on a ticket fee or this or that, you know, they would rather have what's the absolute most convenient thing, which I totally understand as well. It's definitely two different ways to go about it, but For me, you know, it just depends on what it is. You know, there's, there's convenience and there's principle. So (laughs) (laughs) it's it's crazy out there, but, uh, the new record, I'm so happy with how it came out and we're going to be, by the time people hear this podcast, it might already be out. So Mm. check it out. But, um, mhpx.com, we have tour dates. We're, we're constantly adding more But what we've been doing is, is doing weekends. We'll do a weekend down in LA. Um, It's uh, always weekends right now for us because of our schedule because when Tom and Yuri came back to the fold, um, they didn't ever leave, leave, but they were just gone. Like they weren't doing shows. I didn't really call them. Um, Yuri was way too busy. Tom was way too busy um, with, uh, you know, working at the shipyard. And this was back in 2013. Started to jump around a little bit. No, that's fine. But um, but they, they were just... It was just wasn't in the picture for a couple of years. And so that's why we didn't do much MXPX. So I didn't know if we would ever do another album. I didn't know if we would ever do another tour or another show. Um, we were doing like one or two shows you know, every year. And that's about it. Yeah. And a lot of the shows were with either Yuri on drums and, and other guys filling in, or, um, I had the all-stars out in Europe for a while. So that was great. And it really kind of like kept us going, Yeah, which I think, uh, people don't really realize that, that mm. MXPX almost died. But, um, not only did we always go broke doing this record, we almost died in those lean years of, of, uh, the early 2010 around there. Mm. So things can happen quick. You know, if you kind of, put your mind to it. We, we got together. I called up Yuri, uh, and Tom one day and said, Hey, do you guys want to do this show? And they both did. And and Tom was first and then Yuri. And then once that was, so once they were back, they were having fun. We were all having the most fun we've ever had. And, uh, I got to tell you, like, it's hard to describe because it's like, it's like being back in college, maybe for this, Certain types of people that had a great college experience. I never went to college, so yeah. I'm only imagining. But um, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's not yeah, like the movies. <laughs> yeah, it literally getting the band back together. Um, <laughs> although we were never officially broken up, so just rolling strong as as hard as we can, and the new songs and the new album, I think will. We'll tell that story.
0: Well, Ed, that's really cool. That I mean, you guys being together for over twenty five years now—that says a lot about your guys's friendship and working relationship. Because that's not a common thing you see in a lot of bands. Like usually here, like if somebody's still around after twenty five years, at some point somebody got pissed off and left, and <laughs> they broke up, and then got back together or whatever it is. But it seems like you guys have been solid for years. I mean, what's what's the secret for for you guys? Sticking together and working so well.
3: Well, I think you know, like I said, we there was a few lean years where Yum. we weren't hanging out. We weren't Yum. we weren't en- enemies or anything, but things weren't as they are now. Let's yeah. Say. yeah, and people let can let those situations lie, and the longer they lie, the harder it is. I think to hmm. mend bridges, and and sometimes actually. Time is what's needed. You need time away from people. And then you're like, okay, I'm good. I'm ready to hang out again and play some music. (laughs) So, like, it goes both ways. For us, our secret, honestly, I think we're all very, very uh, (laughs) reasonable people. Yeah. Um, But that can't be it, right? Like, it can't (laughs) be that we're just reasonable because I've had other bands with other people that haven't lasted, you know? So, um, I think we both, not both, we all, have a drive Mm -hmm. and a spirit that works together. And we have the same out, you know, the same, I guess, goals, which is we want to have a good life. We want to have good people around us. We want to make music, which we didn't necessarily know we wanted to make music when we were growing up. Right. When you're a kid, you're, you're interested in a lot of things and you find yourself in one Avenue, one alleyway or another, um, I thought for sure I was going to be a professional basketball player, but you know that just didn't happen. <laughs> so here I am, a professional musician, and, and and it's funny because as I've grown up, as I've become a man, and um, I look back on people that have grown up with my music and have gone on to do really cool stuff, and it's all across the board. Move, you know, people making movies like yourself, hmm. uh, filmmakers, um, but like people that are doing like building, um, systems for these huge companies, like camera systems and weird things that I would never in a million years know even what, what's going on. Like What's the first <laughs> thing? Don't know. You know, so it's cool to see, um, fans of ours do well, like even like back in the day, like good Charlotte blew up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they were fans, like they grew up listening to MXPX and stuff like that. So that really is like rewarding, and I feel like those experiences help keep MXPX as a band together. Uh, years ago, um, Yuri tried to quit. He did quit. He tried mm-hmm. to quit. We played show in Vegas. It was Yuri's last show, and it was of course sold out. It was it was packed. It was crazy. And then he just saw all the love and he, and that really kind of got to him. It bubbled up it yeah. bubbled up. It came out. He's like, you know what? I guess I'm not going to quit, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't do this as often as I used to. Yeah, I yeah. But that's the thing is like, when you have something that means so much more than, than money, so much more, so something you can't quantify, I think it's important to nurture it and to, I mean, sure. Not everybody's, gonna keep that going their whole lives like the rolling stones have yeah but i feel like we have something special with mxpx therefore it would be foolish to not cherish it in some ways I and mean, for myself personally yeah, yeah. For
1: well, sure. it's pretty remarkable like you guys started this thing at 13 14 years old and all the changes and transitions in the music industry and just growing up yourselves I, I you guys have been through a hell of a lot yeah. and it's, it's been uh,
0: <laughs> i, I, I want to dial it back for a bit and like i can't imagine having an international like album in high school like what was that like like having something sure. that did like did your school was it like profit in your own town where you're where you're peers in high school, were they into your music or knew what you guys were doing? Or was it kind of like you'd tour around and other people knew your music and then back home you were just kind of, you know, it's probably
3: probably hard to believe at this point (laughs) because I've been a front man and an entertainer for so long, Yeah, but I honestly was pretty shy in high school and I, and I'm still not that type of person that walks into a room and needs or wants to be the center of attention. Yeah. Like, I know that it sounds weird as a front man, as a lead singer or songwriter, but like, it's different. Like, when I go on stage, okay, that's my time to do what I do or whatever. But any other time, I feel like I've always had to consciously pay attention to my surroundings, yeah. not go back into my own head. So in high school, I didn't really know this as much, right? And I just went into my own head a lot when it came to our new record, or our first record, Poganache, came out. November or something like that. I am probably wrong. Um, we recorded it summer of, of that, of my senior year of high school. So it was like 1994, we recorded it. It came out that fall. I was walking down the hall. I had a CD in my backpack. It's the first day it came out. I told no one (laughs) walking down the row of lockers. Everybody's just doing their thing. And it's just like, how do you, what do you say? I felt like it was bragging, you know, braggadocious. And (laughs) I was very, very naive as a kid. Like I said, back in the day, we were in the dark about a lot of things. Um, I was in the dark about much more than just business. You know, like I went to, you know, I I learned things that I was interested in, you know, in high school. Like I I was in debate class. I learned about history. I learned about, (laughs) I learned about, uh, you know, doing things on my own, which I think was probably the best thing I could have done. I actually just posted a video a couple of week, a week ago or so of me singing a song with screeching weasel singing a, a, one of their songs oh, yeah. Jacket, on stage in Seattle. And the reason I did that was because back in high school I was in a class. It was a video class and it was totally free form. Like you just do what you need. And then when you have a question, you go and ask the teacher oh, Like cool. how do you work? So we had VHS editing suites that would, be like you'd scrub the wheel.
2: Yeah, I remember the right those. Spot,
3: push <laughs> record go to the next edit. And I made a skate video with Screeching Weasel leather jacket. Oh, cool! On the, on the on there, and so I've always loved that song. um But I also made an mxpx video my senior year, and it was oh, like man. our first little documentary. Us hanging out, us, you know, like just doing weird stuff as kids, and escape a, a little bit of skateboarding in there too. But um, there was like these these effects you could use on the suite like the star like, wipes the super 80s like, <laughs> yeah. you, you felt like you were on drugs when you watched it like, <laughs> it's just a crazy thinking back to that to what we use now to to do video editing on it's just yeah. it's a different world
0: No, I started out editing that way too. And it took forever to put anything together. It's funny in high school, I was in a video class and I did, I made a, I made a horror film trailer and the theme fiasco was the soundtrack for it. Sorry, you guys didn't get any royalties for that, but, um, and I remember my, my older, uh, uh, teacher how many
3: royalties were are owed right now yeah
0: i'm sure <laughs> especially with youtube now everyone <laughs> just throwing what they high want
3: school <laughs> video editing classes videos yeah that would solve a few problems yeah including <laughs> maybe world hunger
0: <laughs> but i remember my uh my teacher going that's, that's a pretty good song. Who is that? And I was like, he was like looking at the album. I'm like, yeah, I got an old guy in MXPX. Awesome. <laughs> that was fun. Um,
3: yeah. He, I didn't really tell people, like I didn't, I don't even remember telling my teachers that I was in a band. I'm sure they knew I was like into music, but like I'm in a band that's signed to a label and we have a CD just came out here. <laughs> like none of that. I didn't tell. So, so, I didn't what happen,
1: so what would happen is like word got out and people would, I assume people would eventually. People knew. Of course, um,
3: I, I guess word got out the hard way, which is like word of mouth, and our yeah. shows started being packed. Our local like Silverdale, it was like the Silverdale Rec Center or something like that. That wasn't yeah. the exact name, but um, I remember like I have lots of memories from from those shows. One, we almost got in this this huge brawl because one of my we were walking by this car, and one of my friends yelled at the at this guy in the car. Well, little did he know, the car was packed full of people. So like a gang full of like 10 people got out and surrounded us in the parking lot of where we do all these shows. And I'm like a band, like at that point, yeah, you're a band guy, but you're just a kid. Yeah. So there's no security. There's nothing. <laughs> and so we had, I, had to ta- I talked them down. I was like, this guy, he's total bonehead. He's, he's like my dumbest friend. Please, like we're, we're going into this show. We're going to have a good time. Let's go on our way. And they let us go. <laughs> Older kids let us go. So uh, another memory was the first day I bought an Ernie Ball Stingray Music Man bass. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had had it on layaway at American Music in Tacoma, Washington, which is about 40 minutes from, from where where I live. And I mowed a lot of lawns, washed a lot of dishes. Um, at that point, I think I worked at Spiro's or I worked at another place doing dishes. But um, I got my first base that I it wasn't my first base ever but it was my first like new brand new base and oh, it was wow. an Ernie Ernie Ball Music Man, Stingray. and so uh I took it straight to that show in Silverdale it was probably sold out i mean i don't know if you know it was like i guess we can't fit any more people in here we didn't we didn't count but yeah. uh it was packed and uh i played it at that show and it was it was awesome man. and and those that was when things were really starting to take off mm-hmm. 1995 Um, I mean, obviously they were taken off before that a little bit, but um, that's when the community outside the punk rock community really started hearing about, oh, there's a band that's really doing well.
0: That's cool. It's funny that you guys, yeah. I mean, you're talking a lot about Washington and stuff in the 90s. It's funny that you guys didn't come out of, of, you know, as grunge teenagers, because that was really big in my high school around that
3: time. <laughs> well, yeah, we were already into punk rock before grunge was big. Okay, so, that makes so sense. Because, then. yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is like we got grunge about the same time everybody else got grunge. Yeah. But I think I personally got into punk rock earlier than maybe a lot of kids did excuse me, kids did back in those days. Yeah. Of course, soon as, you know, we were maybe like five years later, younger and younger kids were getting into punk rock. But I think it was an age thing because, um, in the Seattle area, grunge was always a 21 and over venue. Okay. Bar, you know, they play at bars and, um, and I'm sure there's exceptions to that. But as far as we knew, um, we couldn't get into those shows. so We didn't even try like Mudhoney would play, we didn't try, um, Nirvana would play, we didn't try, but I didn't know about Nirvana until they were big. We heard them on the radio. I heard them on the radio in my junior high. So technically this is before MXPX. I heard, I heard, uh, Nirvana, but I thought they were Metallica was smells like teen spirit. (laughs) Never heard, you know, I was listening to like Huey Lewis and the Eagles. And I I listened to suicidal tendencies and, and I did listen to a lot of Metallica and, and was just getting into punk rock, but um, Descendants, that kind of thing. But man, I heard, I heard Nirvana, I thought they were Metallica because of the voice. Yeah, like, nobody else was like that except for Metallica, so must be Metallica. Yeah, an interesting song for them, but uh, <laughs> that's pretty it's funny. It's just funny, like you, know, yeah. you don't really know
1: anything, and you hear something, the, the thoughts that come into your head.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I can't tell
1: you how many times I've automatically thought one band was another, or you know, some lyrics different than it is. Oh yeah,
0: what was that thing with Taylor Swift uh, a couple years ago? Everyone thought it was Starbucks lovers or something. (laughs) What was that song? Do you know it, Eric? I don't know. (laughs) What song? I forget. I forget how it goes, but everyone was singing it wrong, and it was like there was a whole like video somebody made about correcting everybody about how they were singing it. I yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know how Taylor Swift made it onto a gentleman's golf podcast. But <laughs> shift Taylor. gears. I covered
3: a Taylor Swift song once.
0: Oh yeah. that's <laughs> which one?
3: Uh, uh, shake it off. Oh, what's awesome. that song? It? Shake it off. Oh, I only, like. I said only once ever <laughs> in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. That's awesome. <laughs> but um. Well, I, that? You know, I do random things sometimes and then yeah. i just like feel like it didn't go well i'm never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> it went okay yeah but you have to really commit to those things when you do a bit oh yeah, yeah for sure outside your normal repertoire yeah. i feel like that's like like a comedian you have to commit yeah or else they smell blood in the water <laughs>
0: it's true yeah 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 they're like yeah they're like sharks they're like eh, no, no, i don't i'm not on board with this guy
3: <laughs> so, so that's that taylor's sorry to interrupt that Taylor Swift record kind of went away pretty quick cause it seems yeah. gone already.
0: Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, it probably like, it almost seems like it was gone a while ago, but
3: <laughs> it's gone a week later. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the problem with putting out a record is, is you do all this work and then people are into it, but then they start, it's just gone. Well, it's things kinda weird.
0: things happen so fast nowadays, too. It's like there's not even enough time to to ingest it before, you know, you move on to the next thing.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. I think I mean, that's... You say that's just oversaturation of the next thing comes out the next day and, okay, we're on
3: to that? Yeah, it's oversaturation. There's too much out there and there's too much crap. I mean, there's not... Obviously, there's a lot of good stuff, too, but you, you can't get to it because... You just, you're too busy (laughs) with our new record. I mean, I think we're going to sell, I don't know, at least 10,000 first week counting what we did with crowdfunding, what we're doing with pre-orders, but we will never chart. Like we could probably chart on billboard top 10 on certain charts, but because we're not in the system, nothing. I mean, I don't really care, but I think a lot of people care. A lot of bands care about, getting that gold record or this or that, like for me, I can't, you know, that's all smoke and mirrors. Anyway, I care about making a record that our fans will enjoy not only tomorrow, but 10 years from now yeah. and their kids will enjoy and so on and so forth. And, and once I realized that, that was sort of my goal with this album, um, including for myself to be proud of it, 10 years later, um, uh, Everything else didn't really matter as much, all the commercial and the traditional music business stuff, sound scan numbers and billboard and charting. But it is a shame because we're going to sell a lot of records. Yeah,
0: it's funny, too. It just makes me think of about uh, in that kind of early 2000s, because like, I was in the punk rock kind of before this, there was this boom. In the early 2000s, where pop punk became really kind of big on the radio for a little while, and uh, there's guys like you mentioned, like guys like Good Charlotte or like Simple Plan, and all these all these other groups that were kind of you know influenced by MXPX. And then you guys came out with that album before everything and after. And it was like I remember thinking like this is a little bit of a snarky, maybe kind of like it's like their Billy Joel Glass Houses album. It's like <laughs> that's really? what it sounded. That how it? <laughs> that's how I took it. Like or like the title of it, like. We're going to like, you know, we've been before and we'll also be here after. And you guys are, you guys still are. Uh (laughs) It was like, you know, it was like the, what's the, the Babe Ruth, you know, like hitting out the (laughs) show, the home run.
3: I didn't, you know, that's funny. I've never heard that take, um, that hot take on it. But for me, it was merely. It was much more simple. It yep. was more based on an extension of the ever-passing moment.
2: Mm-hmm, it
3: mm-hmm. was like another similar style title to that. But also, we had these little bumpers on the album. So we had like an intro and an outro. Yep. And then the album itself were all the songs. So before, everything. Mm. And after, was, that was the idea. So dumb. And <laughs> never actually... I, I think I've probably told people that. But it wasn't like our official story about <laughs> that's why funny.
0: That's funny. I just, it's I don't
3: know. He right here. Yeah, breaking news <laughs> 10 years later or whatever it is
0: well i love i mean i really loved uh, the ever passing moment i feel like that's the one like that was my senior year in high school where that thing was on a loop all the time and i still go i mean i listen to all albums i followed you guys throughout the whole career but i always go back and put that on you know several times throughout the year it just uh, brings back all- that's the thing with music is they put you in a time and place sometimes and i feel like each mxpx album has a different time and place in my life when i listen to a different one because you guys have matured as i have too over the years
3: yeah that's cool i mean i I love hearing that and everybody's got their own story Mm -hmm. but it has those similar shades you know those whatever you call them those strands of, of things that bond us together um whether it's just the simple like my first date this song i remember it or you know maybe it's not even a date like the, my first real relationship where I had a girl, like a real girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is. Uh, m- my first hamster. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my first Maybe ham- Richard Gear listened to MXPX back in the day. Oh. Right. Maybe. <laughs> do people still know that reference? That's so I
0: don't cute. know. I made that the other day around a group of uh, I don't know. I mean, I always say millennials. I guess technically I'm a millennial but nobody got the reference. I was like, how do you not know this story about Richard Gear? It was like legendary in like the-
3: no it was before you I mean before fake news so it's yeah. like definite I don't know if it was real or not still to this day yeah. but
0: I think he still denies it so who knows it could be real <laughs> it could be
3: would you deny it
0: I don't know I if I, was I real? if I would if I would deny yeah I probably would I mean I did so
3: depend- you're saying that it could be real <laughs> it could be real exactly <laughs> probably
0: would deny. It. If,
3: I, if it was real I wouldn't deny it. I would, I would come out with the truth
0: yeah I would probably have to create some elaborate story. It's like, somehow how, how it was an accident. <laughs>
3: yeah, a little bit. yeah. That sounds like, uh, our Ron fair was, uh, he's the, I don't know what he does nowadays, but he's the, pre- was the president of, of A&M universal back in, back in the day when we were released, when we were making and releasing before everything and after that was no. our last, he broke us by the way. Oh and no. Not, not just him, the whole company was <laughs> not so great at that point. But, um, so anyway, we're making the record, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna come in." So Ron Fair is a legendary music producer, as mm-hmm. well as A R guy, and now executive for, mm-hmm. longtime executive for you know major labels. But he's famous for discovering Christina Aguilera, like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Oh wow! Um, he, he's very good at what he does, but like when it comes to MXPX, he had no clue. He was mm-hmm. trying to put. You know, round round peg in a square hole, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I said that backwards, but you get it's
0: still, it. That, still, that, it still doesn't work either <laughs> way.
3: The analogy is just as effective. So Ron Fair would wear these fedora hats and these like white a white suit, like a beach suit. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> he'd come in and like Colonel play the piano and be like, "Oh, it's very Gershwin." Gershwin. Yeah blah, 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 blah. maybe try this. And one day we were supposed to have this big meeting about the single or this or that. And he's like, he calls our manager, Creighton Burke at the time. And he goes, I'm so sorry. I can't make it. I was, I was, I'm stuck behind a refrigerator at my house. (laughs) And we're like, what? How did you get stuck behind a refrigerator? And he's like, well, you know, moving. So apparently he's moving all this stuff out of his basement yeah. and the stairway is very small and he has servants and stuff. Like he doesn't do the work himself. I don't know yeah. why he's down there. He's probably just telling them like, move this, move that. And by servants, I do mean servants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that there's anything wrong with that as long as I getting paid. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> so back to the refrigerator, these guys are lifting this, refrigerator up this hole and it gets stuck. Oh, so they're like pulling and they're trying harder and harder to just pull it through and they can't. And now they can't push it back either. Ron is downstairs in the basement. There's no way out. Oh my gosh. It seems really sketchy. Yeah. And <laughs> and so he's calling us from the basement going I'm I'm not going to make it. And we were just like what what are the odds of that happening? <laughs> And do you think it's you think it's true? You think that really happened? Like, who's gonna make that story up?
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty. Or sometimes you just make up the most crazy story, and you figure nobody will question it too. You know, there's always, there's always yeah. that thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Maybe. Uh, I wonder if he tells that story. He's like, "Hey, check this out." And they're like, "What's one of the craziest things you ever did?" <laughs> okay, well, I had to lie to a band because I was something. <laughs> so. I told them I got stuck in the basement behind a refrigerator and they bought it.
0: <laughs> it also makes me think of, it could be like a, a really bonehead thing on his part, kind of like in the Simpsons when Homer's got his hand stuck in the vending machine and they're going to saw his hand off. And then the one guy goes, Uh, Homer, are you just holding onto the can? <laughs> <laughs> That sort of makes me think yeah. of like he's probably, he's probably still had the door open and couldn't couldn't get out. I had
1: the
3: phone in his hand.
0: Yeah. There
1: was not no window. He could have called out. of or something. We didn't
3: ask the hard questions. We we didn't follow up <laughs> again. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe it'll be in his book.
0: <laughs> but like you're talking about working on something like before everything after and when there's more there's like a producer involved and there's more it seems to be more. Push and pull and more constraints, something like your current album. I mean, what's the process like on that? Is it, I I assume it's more freeing and there's more you could do what you want now, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's 100%. It's more freeing. It's, if it's not good, it's our fault, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have made the decisions. We have hired, you know, we had Casey Bates come in and record it. And he mixed it. Sounds awesome. He's he's a great producer engineer from Seattle, and uh, we've been he he mixed um, he mixed a song for us, Vacation, on our on the cover two MXPX oh, on yeah. cover two, and he makes two songs on that record. He mixed Vacation, and I want to say he mixed um, the Ramon song. Oh, awesome! So anyway. We just always wanted to work with him again because he's local and he's a huge fan of MXPX. Tom wasneski our guitar player was like day one, let's get Casey. Let's get Casey. I'm like, okay. I mean, let's talk to him first. Let's not just say he's going to do the record. Um, let's see if he's a, around, see if he's cool and not a dick. And so we came in and, and yeah, he was awesome. He's a great guy. He did exactly what we wanted. We self-produced meaning, um, yeah, I mean, Casey did some things that a producer would do, like put up the mics and he, he a lot of things that an, engin- an engineer slash producer would do. But as far as like all the decisions, all the the really true, you know, this song's going here, this song's this is staying in that. That's all us. Like, MXPX made those decisions, and and we did. You know, I I would talk to Tom Chachilla about the songs and send him clips and give feedback and stuff, but we kept it really tight knit. Um, really, up until Let's Ride came out, not one person that didn't actually work on the record or wasn't married to somebody that worked on the record. Um, no one else had heard it. Oh, so, wow. And even some of the guys that worked on it, like our crew guys, have not heard the record. Oh, wow. Or now, now they have. But they they hadn't heard it up until it came out. So why? To be dicks? No. Just because we felt like it's just going to be easier to... Kind of control everything and, and make sure the release happens the way we want it to. If we do yes. what we want, which is no one else hears it. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool. Like I like being able to make that decision because when we put out slowly going the way of the buffalo, I think it was that album. One of the executives, and it might have been the one after that. One of the executives, not somebody I can remember the name of. It wasn't like a high high executive, but this guy took the record home the pre pre-release and the sun took it, duped it, and put it online oh, no. before it was coming out so it's like back then it actually really did affect record sales. I'm so sure like slowly, yeah. slowly going the way that buffalo or the ever passing moment wow. that was like rough and and then fast forward to today, you know I don't think a leak is really as big of a deal yeah. I don't think people are trying to leak stuff, but at the same time, you want everybody listening from the same spots. You know, like you yeah. want people to go to, to your Spotify and listen to your YouTube and listen, rather than like some Joe Schmo's YouTube.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, that's 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 obnoxious one. I mean, I've had I, as a video creator, I've had it before too, where people have taken someone from my channel and re-uploaded it, and then they're getting you know, you, you know tens of thousands of views that I could be getting on my same video on my channel. I'm like, why did somebody do that? Why why would you do that? Yeah. It's obnoxious. I never
3: got into the YouTube thing. So I never, no. I never have made money on like views and now it's done. Like there's no more money. Yeah. Now
0: you can't YouTube really do it. it. It's well, you can, but you have to be like one of the top five guys exactly. and you got to sell ads and you're, Channel like so, you need to, everything's a product placement in your YouTube videos if you want to make money. Now it's not like the you don't make money off the pre-roll or anything. It's like it's it's kind of crazy, but uh,
3: that's interesting. I mean, that's 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 a lesson to all of us that are in the creative field. And I think, like I've said this a million times, no matter what business you're in, you're in the creative field because humans are creative beings. But you know, it, it goes to show that one, you know, these these big companies twitter facebook instagram they're great to use um youtube they're great to use but like they're going to do what's best for their business not Mm -hmm. for your business so you always have to keep in mind that everything can change just like that yeah and and does change probably about every six months whether you realize it or not it changes under the hood um and that's probably another one a huge challenge for mxpx is we one are are like I say, when we get better at business, we're still just trying things out, try fail, figure it out. Um, we're not super calculated. We come up with ideas that seem cool and seem fun. And that sort of drives us. But when it comes to these like Facebook ads, you know, we were doing Facebook ads. And we weren't doing any Facebook ads until um, probably 2013 was our first show Facebook ad. And then. No. And then maybe a a year or two later we started doing a few for like our merch store. Man, it's just a challenge. It's a challenge to stay up on the business, like what's happening, what's changing. So for YouTube, that's That's another big change.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I get like the whole, like there are some people that have like this entitled attitude towards like their social media. I'm like, you, you, you know, when you sign up and you sign the terms of service, like they have control over this. You're not entitled to like them to pay you for anything. It's like, It's not your website, so just keep hustling, you know? But it's, I don't know, it's still kind of obnoxious when (laughs) you build up all this following and then it's like, oh, now we're going to make you pay for people to see your posts. it's like, why can't people just see my posts? They're following me because they're fans of what we're doing or whatever.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, like, you know, you think, okay, something new is going to come up and take Hmm. over Facebook at some point, and that probably will happen. But I don't think it's going to happen like Facebook did you know, Squarespace or not Squarespace, uh, MySpace, MySpace or Space, whatever yeah. it is. Um, but you know, like that Vero thing came out a couple months ago at the beginning yeah. of the year.
2: Yeah.
3: Everybody signed up for it just in case. Yeah. And then it's just, it's no good. There's nothing to it. It's like, doesn't, doesn't seem to like do anything. Right. Yeah. So you have to actually like solve a problem, which I guess the problem that they're solving was ads yeah. or something like that. But I think it was like
0: selling people's information, the mailing list. Or something. I don't know, something like that. But yeah, I, I just remember getting like, I got like a hundred emails from every company for a month. And I was like, when can I just, can I just unsubscribe from all of these? Yeah. I
3: don't know. MXP sends out emails, but it's usually very limited. Yeah. Like we're not trying to send out an email every day. We do like once every month or if we that have shows sense. coming up, couple times a month
0: yeah and that's the way it should be because then people actually look at him as opposed to it just being crying wolf all the time like oh we're selling this thing or we've got we're saying the same thing over and over and then people you lose credibility with your emailing list um it happens to me all the time there's some companies where i get something every day, and I'm like that's this is just enough unsubscribe
3: <laughs> it's too much it's it's everything is too much and 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 i think a lot of that contributes to the mental health situation that's going on in the country. You know, mm-hmm. I don't have like a, a, a big platform on that, but I just feel like people are a little scattered. Right. Yeah, for sure. Even, even just me, you know, day to day. Um, and I have plenty of time to, to reflect on things and, but I feel like I don't I feel like I was going to get this done and do this. And, and I call my barber or not. I call it a text and say like, Hey, can you get me in here? you know, in, in an hour and I don't hear from her. So I call, I just call the next barber and I get in there and then she texts me back and be like, yeah, I can. And I'm like, I've already made another appointment <laughs> because I'm just so worried about yeah. like, my schedule. And, uh, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> absolutely. you got to chill out. Yeah. It really helps to, to build it into your schedule if you can
0: yeah well you're i mean you you're a guy that has a lot going on i mean i see at least if i'm just judging from like social media it seems like I mean you're in a band, you've got a, a young family, you you've got a podcast, you've got an apparel company, you've got you know I see your posts of like you at the gym every day. Like you're pretty you, you're pretty busy but you seem like a pretty disciplined guy too. I mean that's 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 not usually what people think of when they think of like punk musicians is, is somebody with a schedule and a disciplined schedule. <laughs>
3: yeah, I think you know it's it's the times we live in too. It's, yeah. it's easier to see what works for people and what doesn't work for people. Yeah. And, and I think as the years have gone on, um, I've gone into more routines. Um, I think there's a difference to me between scheduling and routine. So mm-hmm. like scheduling, I'm terrible at because <laughs> say like, I'm glad you hit me up. And reminded me about the podcast because I'd already forgotten about it because I didn't write it in my schedule, and yeah. I almost never do. Yeah. And so, like when you hit me up, then I put it in my schedule like two days ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm just bad at that, like bad at that. I guess I could get better at it. I just cool. don't feel like it's something that I naturally want to spend time doing. But on the other hand, routines—I'm good at that. I'm good at my routines. I—I'm good at having the same breakfast every day, wearing the same outfit generally every day. Um, the kind of like, like Ernest, do you remember that character? Ernest? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, Ernest Does, does yeah. Christmas Ernest
0: goes to jail. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's goes cool. to jail.
3: So like he would wear the same thing every day. Steve jobs, same thing every yeah. day. I don't necessarily do that exactly, but in some aspects of my life, when it comes to breakfast burritos, when it comes to me, uh, get into the studio, what I do, like I'll I'll check out everything in the studio. You know, I kind of do the same things every day. But then of course my job also takes me away from that schedule. Yeah. I've got MXPX shows, I've got solo shows, I've got goldfinger shows, and so I'm constantly doing that and then family. So yeah, it's probably too much for some people and it's definitely at times too much for me. Um, but I think I do build in just enough time to get right in the head throughout my day.
0: No, And I like just seeing your posts and stuff on social media, it got me thinking too. Like, like I always have all these like excuses. Oh, I'm too busy. I've got too much work and all that stuff. And I see all the stuff that you're doing and I'm like, like, the reason why I started this podcast was because I was listening to your podcast. And I'm like, well, Mike Herrera does all this stuff. Plus he tours all this. Like there's no reason why I haven't started my podcast yet. And it's been like three years I've been talking about it. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's super cool. I mean, it's like the, the, the Jocko, I don't know if you follow Jocko Willink at all. He's got a great podcast, but his like yeah. model is like discipline equals freedom. If you have a routine and you're disciplined in that you have freedom yes. for all the other chaos,
3: you know? Yeah, Jocko gets up at like 4 in the morning and works out. I don't do that. Yeah.
0: Post a picture <laughs> of his watch.
3: <laughs> I'm a late night guy. Early, I'm a late morning. I mean, I get up usually average 8, 8.30. Yeah. But I, don't, I wouldn't if I didn't have to. I, I'd no. sleep till like 9.30, probably average, yeah. if I could.
0: I probably just would never wake up if it were up to me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, sleep is great. But at the same time, I always get that guilty feeling. Yeah, it's, me too. There's, there's a tinge of... Oh, you better get up. Yeah. And I think it's important to like have, have those uh, sleep in days when you're, when you're purposefully doing it, like, okay, I'm, a, I'm on vacation. I'm not going to wake up unless I want to, you know, that's okay. Yeah. But um, Jocko is insane. Yeah. 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 He, uh, he's definitely got a different style. His podcast is very deep. Yeah. You know, you read passages of books and,
0: yeah. It's, it's a little it's bit good. scary too. Like it's like <laughs> I I pictured what, what I was trying to wake up earlier this last few months and now I am getting up earlier, but I remember seeing um like I'd see my watch in the morning and I'd be like, Oh, I'm gonna hit snooze and I just picture like Jocko in black and white in the corner of my room, just like, You gotta get up before the enemy or <laughs>
2: whatever it is.
3: <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. Whatever it takes, man, whatever it takes. To live a better life and and you know another thing that's really important is is sitting down and going what am i doing what am i spending a majority of my time on yeah. and what are the benefits what are, is there a benefits is there an upside yeah. and a lot of the things we do there isn't you know and, and um you know i find like time management is like again not my forte not my forte but um, doing things or spending your time on things that actually matter to you. That's, that's where we need to be. And a lot of times we get stuck, um, doing things because it's maybe easier, easier to do that, you know, but like, yeah. you kind of feel like, okay, I'm, I'm wasting my time here. Um, it could be a job. It could be a relationship. It could be anything. you but be
0: watching episodes of Queer Eye on Netflix uh, on a binge. Uh, <laughs> the- yeah,
3: I, I watch, I mean, I, I don't watch much TV and, yeah. and I, I love TV. I, I used to hate TV when I was a kid, yeah. but uh, it's funny. It's TV sucks. <laughs> I know all that makes me big summer,
0: but, uh, <laughs> <That's> true.
3: <laughs> it's funny. Uh, times change, you know, yeah. times change you experiences change you, yeah, for but sure. um, yeah, I think the main thing is like, as I've been, I've been really like cleaning out our house with my wife and getting rid of stuff we don't use and yeah. only keeping stuff we need. It's really important to do that every five years, every five, 10 years. Um, and we're not really told to do that. Like no one says, yeah. Hey, it's a good idea to, you know, do this unless you're paying attention. But, um, we moved into the house we're in right now, five years ago, but when we moved in I was on tour luckily and I didn't have to mm. do anything so we just moved everything from our old house to our new house and didn't purge and that is insane
0: that yeah that that's stressful too we've done that before too where it's like you're unboxing stuff like why did i pack this why did we get a, van, a moving van to fill all this stuff that we're not going to keep
3: <laughs> exactly exactly so i'm just i've been doing that a ton and that sort of makes you think a lot so as this uh, new album starts rolling out and and um let's ride came out. I was in the middle of all these old childhood knickknacks and memories and toys and letters and ex-girlfriend <laughs> letters and, um, crazy stuff, those. you know, like song books I found at my house, you know? So like, it's kind of, kind of cool to have all these past items from my life kind of come up. And then I can kind of really decide, yeah. well, this isn't me anymore. I don't need this or, Wow, I really still care about this, and it yeah. actually gives me a different perspective on my own life right now. Like, what are the things that I care about? Yeah, and what are the things I want to spend my time on?
0: Yeah, that's always
3: comes back to family for me, family and MXPX.
0: That's awesome, man. It's great that you got you got that that solid. In your brain and in your heart, you know what you care about. That's important. Um Speaking of houses, I want to touch a little bit on on uh, the uh, fixer upper episode. How did that come about? I just my wife and I. What my wife watches it more, but I watch it with her every now and then. And uh, I was flipping through the episodes, and then I saw the description. I was like, Mike Carrera on, on uh, flipping houses. How did that happen? Or fixer upper.
3: Yeah, yeah. So we uh, were watching Fixer Upper for a while um, last year or the year before, and uh, this was like two thousand, early two thousand seventeen, maybe. And they, you know, uh, my wife was like, "Hey, we should get on this. Like, I really want to get on this show." (laughs) Okay, that'd be really cool. And I'm like, okay. Because we'd already talked about moving to Texas at some point, yeah. get in a house in Texas, something where we can have our, you know, kids near her side of the family. My wife's from Texas, you know, that whole thing. Mm. She wanted to move to Dallas, or no, I wanted to move to Dallas. She wanted to move to Austin, um, and I was like, "All right, well, we'll see what's up." We'll split and the it never difference. Happened. Years go by, years go by, you know, and so this Fixer Upper show happens, and we're like, "Okay, if we get on that show." moved to Texas. And as soon as I said that, we were doomed because we got on the show. What happened <laughs> was um my wife gave me a she's like, post this picture, send it to, to Chip and Joe, you know, tweet it or whatever. And and I did. And he wrote back and we said, you know, we're ready to move these babies to Texas. Pick us, choose us, Fixer Upper. And it just so happened that a family on their very last season, season five of Fixer Upper. Um, had some life plans changed. their work wasn't you know moving them away, so they couldn't be on the show Fixer Upper. They had to get somebody new. We've got thousands of people online um, that have applied to be on the show. Yeah, so there's no way we would have been on it just applying. Yeah. And so, so and we didn't know all this till later, of course. But um, this all happened because it was meant to be. But uh, mm. so what happened was. We you know, they needed somebody and just at that moment I had sent that tweet, sent an Instagram post, and they saw it. And he wrote me back the day after we were leaving Houston, flying back to Seattle, and I was like, Oh my god, look at this, showing my wife. She freaked out. I think I actually have that moment uh on either on audio or video. Oh like awesome. she's reading the, the tweet. <laughs> um but We're like, okay, I don't know if this is real. So a couple weeks go by, we don't hear from anybody. And I'm finally like, huh. So I write the producer. I start following the producer online, Michael Matsumoto. And he writes me back on Instagram, DMs me and says, hey, are you actually serious about moving to Texas? I'm like, hell yes. We definitely want, we're definitely serious. We'll definitely do it if you pick us. So uh, we did an interview with, you know, over, over Skype, it was like this over Skype. And, uh, they asked us kind of our story and and all that with a casting director. And from there it was like, okay, it's two thumbs up. And then we had to actually buy the house. So my wife actually flew to Waco and bought a house in one day. Oh, wow. One day. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty insane. We didn't have a ton of choices, but I feel like we got a pretty good Good situation where yeah. we ended up. So it looked great. On the, now we have a house wow. in Waco.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> so you, yeah. you're going to split your time now between Washington and Texas or?
3: So, so we're going to split our time between the two. Yep. Yep. Um, I'll be down there quite a lot, but then I'll be up here a lot for MXPX um, business and recording and, and all that. Um, but the great thing is is I have a studio down there, not necessarily for recording a full album, but for doing demos and for songwriting, actually yeah. songwriting, podcasting, all that. So it's a pretty sweet spot for me to get a lot of work done. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, I went to school in Austin and Waco was always like my spot, but that I would stop to go pee and fill up between Dallas and Austin because my parents live in Dallas. And uh, yeah.
3: back in the day touring, we would stop in Waco just to get gas and pee. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it seems like that show has really brought it up. Like, There's a lot happening in Waco now that like 10 years ago wasn't the case. It's just kind
3: of cool. Yeah. Waco has a lot going on. It's, it's a lot for kids, a lot for tourists, a lot for just anybody. If you're just doing nothing, um, which is really cool. Um, my town Bremerton is, is a nice town, but there's nowhere near as much stuff to do around here. Um, so that, that's cool. Like the zoo, there's a zoo, right? Like within two miles from our house in Waco. And, um, there's just a lot really close by where we're at and with Bremerton we have i mean there's a lot there's a lot here but you have to travel a lot further to get there yeah it makes sense seattle all that yeah that's cool hey i love both places i we're we're not getting rid of our place here in bremerton um some cool things are going to be happening with the studio micatrid studios so uh i mean life is good life is really good that's awesome, we're man. we're uh we're riding on through the rain and the pushback really is something that is is a good thing more than anything. I think yeah. All, whenever, when, whenever there's somebody that's hating on you, that's a good thing. Yeah. And it's kind of weird to say that, but I feel like it's a sign of success.
0: Yeah. I think so yeah. too. I think if you have too many people saying yes around you, you got to second guess it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that too. That's a whole different situation. I was talking more yeah. about critics, but uh, yeah. Talk no. about people are surrounding you for yeah. my whole life, or my not my whole life, my whole adult life in my work life. I've always wondered like, are people different when I'm not in the room? Because mm-hmm. like I'm the boss or I'm the this or that. Um, it's always an interesting question because I myself am different around certain people.
2: Yeah.
3: On, you know, I'm different around my dad than I am around my my son. Or yeah. I guess not really that different, technically. That's kind of a weird one. But, you know, <laughs> like an employee, you're different different around than, than say your daughter or something. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't have like a ton of employees. What I mean is just, there's a few people on our team yeah. and uh, we all kind of are friends, you know, it's a family, it's a friend, it's like a group of friends. We all just do work together. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Um, all right. Uh, I mean, you got so many albums over the years. I, I had too many that I could remember to count off the top of my head. Do you have a favorite song over the years? Is there one that you that that's you know got your heart that you always think of fondly, or always wonder?
3: Yeah, as as far as my favorite song over the years, for the last couple of years, has strongly been "For Always."
0: Oh, okay. good one.
3: I, I really enjoy doing that, um, and I don't really enjoy doing it as much full band. But I really like playing it acoustically, and then I would say my other favorite, probably full band song to do. I guess it doesn't necessarily matter. You're not talking about live, are you? You're just talking about in general. Yeah. But, um, my favorite song that we do live is probably "Secret Weapon." Oh, that's um, a good one. But you know, yeah, I wish I would have written like a million "Secret Weapon" songs. I mean, just, I really like that song.
2: Yeah,
3: um, I like the message. I like the energy. I like the attitude. Um. And I got to tell you, the new songs, um, Let's Ride, it's one of my favorites already. Um, it just it feels like it's part of the MXPX catalog already. It yeah. really does. And I think that's not always easy to do these days. It's really hard for people. It's hard to compete against nostalgia, and nostalgia really is our best ally yeah. as MXPX. Huh. Um, so we're not trying to compete against it, but it is you're kind of competing against it when it comes to these new songs, new albums. Yeah. Um, people don't have the same connection to new music that they do the classic old songs yeah. because of their memories, because of their experiences, because of their past, not our past, their past, yeah. your past. So that's hard to compete with. And, and I think the best thing to do is you, you have to make new memories. And mm-hmm. so mxpx.com, come on out to a show, Make some new memories.
0: When does the new record drop and where can they get it?
3: By this time it's out. Okay. You can get it at mxpx.com, you can listen to it, Spotify, I'm sure YouTube, everywhere, everywhere you listen to stuff. Uh, you, you can download it on Apple Music, all that.
0: But don't use Napster. If you learned anything about this during the interview is don't use Napster to buy the, <laughs> to get the new album. <laughs>
3: if it's on Napster go for it
0: yeah. <laughs> If you could find Napster go for it. well thanks so much Mike I really appreciate it and hopefully we'll have you on again in the future and talk about your whenever you've got a project um you know we'd love to have you back on. I appreciate it
3: thanks Jordan all right thanks Eric. Well cool, man thanks Mike
0: all right thanks man. interview with Mike, the Mike, uh, MXPX Herrera.
1: Yeah. He was awesome. I felt clunky and awkward, but he was great. Yeah. Um,
0: he talked a lot, which is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I like, like that he went in depth with every question. That's not always the case with guests. Sometimes you get a person that you ask a question and they say like three words and then it's awkward and you're like, well, I guess we'll end this now. <laughs> Good talk, man. Well, yeah. Thank no, you for that. No, he was the opposite.
1: He, he, and some cool stuff, too. Yeah. I didn't know
0: they had their own beer. I know. Secret weapon. I want to try this now. Yeah. I need to find a way to get it yeah, in LA. Yeah, find a way to. Um,
1: maybe it's available online. We should ask. I should, would I think know. it'd have to be somewhere. Shoot him a but message. But like, But isn't
0: beer stuff ordering beer online like a weird thing? Like, isn't it? Aren't there rules involved? With like, mm-hmm. laws, like state laws and stuff. I don't
2: think so. Actually, I recently. I feel like I recently asked somebody about that, and they were like, "No, shouldn't be an issue. No." Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, but their album you pay I some album. extra taxes. You can go get their album. You can watch their new music videos. Yeah, yeah their enjoy. new song's great. I yeah. want to hear that album. Yeah, it's super cool because it's like it's um it's nostalgic, but it's still you know it's 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 still current. You know, they've managed to yeah, stay relevant. Yeah, it's not
1: all these years. it's not just a reach to you know past glory it's um it's a cool next step and it's there's a lot of fun
0: good times um you know what time it is it's time to tell people how they can support the show oh yeah um how can people support the show there donovan
2: uh you can go to our patreon page uh and support us there where you may be able to get certain perks that uh yeah, I'm trying to read the laptop. Have you ever even been on our Patreon, <laughs> hey, listen, Donovan? I'm trying to read the laptop through a beer bottle right now.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so it's a little.
2: Uh, but uh, yeah, go ahead and um, uh, go to GentlemenSkyfly for links and other and show notes uh, and. Uh, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can you can also support us via uh, the merchandise shop. Merchandise which shop. Uh, has some new merchandise that some? I know you've been really excited about. I'm really mm. excited about this. We got uh, Gentleman's gentlemen's of law flip flops. Yep, yep, yep.
0: Which I know uh, according to Tanner Guzzi, who he's had on the show, probably would say flip flops, not for gentlemen. But I feel like if you're going to the beach, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, of
2: course. <laughs> or, you know what? Or, or you or, just want to be comfortable with this you, 121 degree weather. Or leather. if you don't want to get athlete's foot at the uh, the gym, you know? You can wear them for shower shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. It's uh, many different uses. You can use them to kill black widows. Oh, uh, there you go. Like, you can like yeah. make for very good, uh, you know, uh, smashing and swatting capabilities.
0: They're great to, uh,
2: going to get the mail kind of shoes. Yeah, if you need, need to, like... Take you the know, trash out. Uh, you, like I don't want to put on socks. If you whatever. happen to stumble into a uh, go rock at some point when you're finished, you yeah. uh, the they say one of the best feelings uh, on earth besides opening that first beer after the go rock is to put on your flip flops. Oh, besides opening the first beer, yeah. Mm-hmm. I
0: thought you were going to say something else, but uh, yeah, flip flops are great. <laughs> What do uh, uh, <laughs> you think I was trying to be clever?
2: <laughs> um, it's too late for that. Yeah.
0: So okay. go ahead and get your pair of uh, flip-flops. Um, Eric, if people want to find you, where can they go?
1: I uh, can check out my website, ericandersoncounseling.com. And or you do you house calls, me. Eric? What? You do house I calls? Don't do to house me. calls? We just talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> they literally that's me just me just you're about gonna be this. a new thing. You're gonna be the first therapist that does house calls. <laughs> no, there are therapists who do that. I'm oh, really? just not one of them. Um Massage therapists, I guess. That's true. No, there's. It's a lot of like school-based programs do it. Anyway, that's a different thing. Um Yeah, you can email me at Eric at Eric Anderson Counseling. I also do. um online therapy work too so uh if you're not in the la area that is an option although i can only see california residents because that's where my license covers me oh so you can't do like you can't do someone from michigan if they move to california then i could
2: you're sol in Michigan, no,
1: there's plenty of good therapists. Oh, there. <laughs> no, like there's only
2: one good therapist.
1: In
0: are
2: this there country. some
1: therapists uh, licenses that
0: are like gun licenses where some states reciprocate? <laughs> you could still,
1: it'd be easier to like transfer it, sure, but transfer, transfer, like, no, because like if I moved to Michigan, then yeah. like I'd, you know, oh, I like, thought you co- meant like you'd transfer it to another person. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> hey, buddy, you want to be a therapist? I'm leaving California. Buy I don't want to do therapy me. anymore, but Jordan take, does, so <laughs> Transfer it over to him. You want to
2: take my spot? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. All
0: right, all right, uh, Donovan. You are a gentleman in scofflaw, my friend. Thank you, sir. You as well, Eric. You are a gentleman in scofflaw, my friend. You are friend. too, man. This
1: is fun. Thanks. All right, you guys have a great week.
2: This has been the Gentleman Scofflaw
0: Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on
1: iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemenscofflaw.com
2: Captain says, his ice on the river. We ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!